What's up, everyone, and welcome back to Alternate Reality Podcast, where we talk about everything nerdy, everything gaming, basically everything awesome. I am one of your hosts, Pharaoh, and I am joined, as always, by Muggin. Yo. Yo, yo, how was your week? Good, man. Yeah? Playing any particular games? I already know you're playing one, but... Yeah, actually, you, in Mm -hmm. your infinite wisdom, uh, got me back into Nikkei. Um, That's right. Such a good game. Oh man, I've had. I don't know. Did you if you see saw my message the other day? I luck sacked right into Scarlet, who like has eluded me. I saw it that whole time, and I'm like, Oh my fucking god! So, did you get her too? No, no, no. I haven't. She's eluded me the entire. I am confident that I will pull her soon, though. Whenever I finally drop all of my saved currency, but well, the thing the thing is, is that like. The, the the game gives a, I mean every event basically you get 30 pulls you get 20 regular yeah. and 10, 10 featured pulls so if you save them for the right banner mm-hmm. you're good and like right now like I've got a hundred and I think like 85 mileage for right. a gold so like when the next banner hits with those free tickets I get mm-hmm. plus the one I save the ones from this banner I, I'll have enough to pity the next character that I really want you know what I mean right um but the the thing is, is like the character that's featured right now, she's going straight into the regular pool when this event ends. So right. she's not a limited character. So not all of their new characters are limited, which I like too. Yeah. So kind of, you know, yeah. Yeah. So so and some of the really OP ones that have come out over time have not been limited. So at least they're you know being good about that. But yeah, it's. So I, I've been able to make a good amount of progress this week um, on that front. So um, kind of glad to be back there. Um, yeah, I think been, that's one of the plan, right? Yeah, I've, I've been playing, and I think that's one of the things that really. That's why I told you, I, like, there's a few games that I just never get rid of because I'm like, even if I kind of get out of them, I'm like, this game's just very good for mm-hmm. whatever reason. I have to keep this on my phone because I want to come back to it, and. Um, that Nikkei was is one of them, and I think will always be one of them. AFK is still on my phone for the same reason. There's thir- certain things, especially in the gotcha territory, that I really respect when developers do correctly. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, one of them is just kind of a different type of content, which Nikkei definitely hit. You know, it's unique in its own right. Yeah, it's um, an interesting hybrid between like a true full idle game and then mm-hmm. the ability to actually be in control. You yeah, know. and and it's also focus. Yeah, like the, you know, it being kind of a, a gunner game as well in that style was a little more unique as opposed mm-hmm. to the, the more like, you know, um, was it just fantasy style? I, I suppose. Yeah. Like medievalish kind of. Yeah, it's swords, way magic. more like dystopian sci-fi. Right. Uh, exactly. Style. Yeah. So and it did it right, and it had a unique twist, and and also the other thing was the comedy in it for me. There was like the narrative is actually hilarious, um, yeah, and and interesting. Yeah, hilarious and very interesting. Like the story itself is is quite good. So those kinds of things all bring me in. But also the I find the gotcha aspect of it to be pretty nice. You know, like I feel like I'm not taken advantage of. I feel like I have decent rates whenever it comes to to the gotcha system. I feel like prices aren't crazy for things if you want to invest some money in. And I feel like, most importantly, you get a lot of currency. 
and that's one of the biggest things for me is that I want to I want I like games where I feel like I'm getting a good amount of currency for free so I don't get starved out or have to save up forever yeah to like try to I get can some. pull because they're not like screwing me over exactly exactly so yeah Nikkei Nikkei does it right um, have we have an example that we'll probably talk about a little bit later on of a game who at least in the gotcha aspect is doing it wrong right now well, I mean, we can talk about it. And I forgot. I actually, sure. Did I even put it on the list? No, I even totally forgot to put it on the list. But yeah. yeah so the other game we've been playing was um, Tower of God: New World dropped, and mm-hmm. you know, overall, like the game's polish is like really strong, and yeah, it it's done some quality of life aspects to the kind of AFK um arena style game especially around like the you know the synchronization chamber or you know the pedestal or whatever you want to call it right um i really think that the way they did that in this game is what is like super player friendly and like a really nice quality of life like hey this is how they've always done it but how could we make this more player friendly and easier to manage and I think they've done a really good job with that, and I'm I've found it to be very interesting, and uh, you know has given me access to basically all of the characters I pull. So like whenever I pull a character, it's like I can literally immediately use them, and I don't have to worry about right. kicking another character off of a synchro chamber, you know, and then putting him in and waiting the gap, and you know all that stuff. It's just like oh, swap the gear, throw him on the team, and he's ready to party, you know. So there's right. been some good stuff there. However. My pulls have been, like, obviously, thank God I re-rolled my ass off to get a good starting account because my pulls have been awful. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I think that's uh, the big thing that kind of ticked me off real early was that I was re-rolling a lot, not nearly as much as you, but I was like, man, I am not hitting these, uh, just so everyone knows, there's SSR Plus is the top tier, then there's SSR below Mm -hmm. that. Um, but the SSR plus tier is 0.03, if I remember correctly, percent chance to pull, mm. which is absolutely insane. Considering yeah, it's 0.03 each times seven or however many there are, so it ends yeah. up being like it's. I think it's like it's like a half a percent or something to get the SSR plus or something like that by the time everything's said and done. But yeah, so pretty bad and. I think that it is obnoxious to have that and a, I think it was a 200 pity, right? Mm-hmm. Combined with a 200 pity. So that like puts the game in a lot of boxes whenever it comes to dealing with SSRs. So first you're probably dealing with, and, and I didn't look at this yet, but the, the store cost rates for premium currency, like you really have to make sure that you are adjusting that so that you're not spending a fortune to get almost nothing because if your rates to get an SSR are super are that low basically and it takes that much to hit a pity you better be getting a lot of currency certainly for free from the game just by playing mm-hmm. um, from a, a uh, consistent point not from a completing the game point because that's obviously something that will end at some point right mm-hmm. But um, also, yeah, just spending it, you want to make sure that you are able to get a lot. And, uh, yeah, it, it makes, like, any time like, they have a new character come out that's an SSR+, plus, you have to make them very worth it, because I could not imagine getting a pity on your SSR+, plus, and then it being some character that's crap or not in the meta. 
So it just puts everything in a really bad box and it leaves a really bad taste in my mouth. So that kind of thing is really frustrating to me. Um, yeah, so for me, the problem mm-hmm. that I have isn't necessarily the SSR pluses because, you know, the 200 pity also gives you a chance to re-roll it. So if you don't get an SSR plus that you want, you do get to have it re-rolled once, which I think is also nice. Like, most games are like, oh, you hit the pity, go fuck yourself. You know what I mean? Like... So again, like quality of life, like I would almost prefer a selector though on that because still well, yeah, but it's great. it's kind of tough to be like okay, we'll just pick the best character in the game every time, you know. So I get why they did what they did. So yeah, obviously a selector would be way better. Um, but those rates, I think a selector would be fair because basically you're only gonna get it on a pity. The bigger the bigger problem that I have is, and to be fair, I did pull an SSR on a regular poll. Mm-hmm. Um, so I re-rolled until I had one, and then I was playing it, and I hit another one at, like, 90 pulls. Mm-hmm. I hit one, and then I hit 200 and got my, got the, you know, hit one I didn't like, and then re-rolled it, and got the one I wanted. So I ended up with, like, the best duo plus one. Um, but my problem is the SSRs, you know you need like 21 copies just like an afk game right where you need like tons of copies to boost these guys up to like limit break them over and over to raise them up and Mm -hmm. the you know the pity on it's 100 i've gone like i went like 70 pulls got one and then went another 90 like it should be more like every 20 or every 30 pulls you're getting one of these ssrs because of the fact that you need so many and they have a ton of ssrs in the game like six per color with five colors right right it's just it's abysmal that like the rate isn't terrible but the fact that you need so many you should have more like i remember when i was playing the walking dead one with drew you know i think it was like every 20 or or 30 you would all you would get one mm-hmm. you know or maybe it was even every 10 like every 10 pull you got one because it was like whatever you needed a bajillion other damn things you know? well that's the thing it treats it treats their ssrs like the top tier for most other games, like the rates for those are typically mm-hmm. the rates for the top tier in other games. Like that's, if I remember correctly, that's pretty close to the Genshin rate for um, five stars. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like, then the rate for SSR Plus is abysmal by comparison. So. Well, yeah, we were talking about it. I was talking about it in a Discord with some guys that I was playing Nikkei with, that I've been, you know, talking about Nikkei with. Mm-hmm. And the guy that I was talking to was like, man, these rates are garbage. And he's like, well, Nikkei is not much better. I'm like, yeah, but to, to max limit break a character in Nikkei, you only need three. Mm-hmm. You don't need 21. Yep. Like, and, and even then, like we were talking about it, and one of the guys, he's like number two on his server and he's like, spends a lot of money. He's very high up, right? He's like, yeah, but the thing is, is once you get five characters, limit break three, there's tons of, high tier characters that you can at limit break zero in the synchro chamber are fine you're more it's more about getting just five any character to limit break three just so you no longer have a level cap is more important in most cases than whether or not your best characters are limit broken do you know what I mean so and once you get a character even if it was a like a like a mileage character that so they have gold mileage tickets and silver mileage tickets so if you pull on the regular banner you get silver if you pull on the featured banners you get gold right because they obviously right. give out a lot more 
regular currency, right? It's like two to one. Um, but once you pull a character from that gold banner or buy a gold character with mileage, their dupes become a regular currency instead of continuing to be gold currency forever. Right. So it's like if I like I got Modernia with gold currency because I didn't pull her because I got I never hit her. But now right. I can buy her dupes with regular currency. Do you know what I mean? So it's just like yeah. I, I don't know. It's just it's, it, it feels like it feels better. Do you know what oh, I mean? Oh, it feels way better. So that's that's the part of it that's frustrating. But I I think the game is good enough to keep going. You know, I'm only at you know 290 pulls. I have a decent team. I just passed four six. I mean, I'm doing okay. So mm-hmm. you know. We'll see where it lands, but that that's probably the thing that's going to end up killing me is the the, the drop rates, which is kind of crappy. But you know, yeah, yeah, I'm still I'm still planning on continue playing it lightly, but Nikkei is is now going to be my primary, um, mm-hmm. as opposed to this game, I would say. But I'll still keep going until I I just really get fed up with it on Tower. Yeah. Everyone. So we'll see, but. Um, let's go ahead and move on over to the next section here. So, of course, mm-hmm. we're going to be talking about the movies and TV. There's been a good amount of stuff that has come out. Some, mm-hmm. some big things. Uh, first one to talk about, I guess, would be Barbie. Um, did Better you see be. it? I did. Okay. I did. What's, your, what's your take on it? I'm curious. So, I went and saw it with my wife and my four-year-old daughter. My son refused to go because he's, you know, nine and said no. Right. Um, and I think, like, the first half of the movie was, like, really fun. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they're in Barbie land and Definitely. they, like, have this thing where it starts out and they talk about, you know, kind of how Barbies exist and how they get played with and why they are the way they are and, like, you know, all this stuff. And you see, like, these funny interactions. There's a lot of comedy and, you know, I, you know, I, no freaking first of all Ken steals that damn movie from Barbie. I was gonna like, say the same exact Ryan Gosling 100%. was a freaking carries the movie everything that Handedly. he was in in that movie like every time you saw him I was just like yes give, give me the Ken where's the Ken movie like, exactly you know because the problem that I had with it and my wife felt the exact same way like the longer we've been out of the movie the less the more we've been kind of annoyed by some of these things so all of the stuff that happened in Barbie land was great the real world stuff while some of it was fun, got really stupid. And then oh, yeah. the whole idea of the message that they were trying to get, it oh, was goodness. like it was like they thought the 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 audience was so goddamn stupid mm-hmm. that they literally had to beat us over the head with this message by saying it over and over and over to the point that there was like this whole like verbal diarrhea expose for like the last 10 or 15 minutes of the movie that like like my daughter literally at that point said can we go like mommy can we go like I don't want to be here anymore like this is boring like what is this do you know what I mean so it was like you know I was like if they sliced that last 15 minutes out of the movie and turned it into like a, a a quip at the end would have been enough like throughout the movie you get the message like i understood the message they were trying to say in the first 15 minutes like Mm. you get it like there was i mean patriarchy bad you know equal representation good or not but i'll get into that part well yeah but but what i mean is like you know like like 
stereotyping people bad, you know, giving people the opportunity to do what they want good. You know what I mean? Like the, the, mm. the message is kind of like a standard message. Um, you know, cinematography was good. Everybody acted well. The camera work was good. The sets were awesome. Like Barbie land looked freaking super cool. Like the way they did that, like, like all that great. Um, but yeah, that was, that was where I was at. So, you know, for me, I think, I think it was like, it was like 80% there. So, mm-hmm. you know, I give it, you know, I give it like a B, like it is worth watching, but just be ready for that, like super boring hit you over the head message at the end. Yeah. I thought, um, so like we're, we're on very similar lines here. So I, I thought, um, first of all, everything with Ken was hilarious, honestly. Mm-hmm. And like, it, it's almost kind of annoying that they didn't give any good line they were it was like they were so obsessed with making sure barbie had this anti-patriarch message that they couldn't fit in any actual likable dialogue from her Mm -hmm. and certainly not any comedic dialogue she was far too serious is the way i looked at it like, and I'm she like, was too serious, and Ken was all comedy, and they could have balanced that out. Exactly. So, like, they I'm, I'm actually annoyed that, that, that Barbie didn't get some of that. Because the way it came out, Ken, ev- literally everything that Ken did was hysterical. Mm-hmm. And everything that Barbie did was honestly kind of annoying to tiresome. And inconsistent, also. There was mm-hmm. moments where she was an absolute idiot, and then there was moments where she was talking about controlling the what is it the wheels of commerce you know what i mean like it was ridiculous so that was very inconsistent um but i i just get really annoyed it was kind of almost a she-hulk scenario where i just i've never heard patriarch said so much in a movie ever in my life you know what Mm -hmm. i mean i felt like i was had a bat beating me over the head saying Men are bad. Men are bad. Did you like did you time. watch the like, pitch Jesus. meeting yet? The, the Barbenheimer no, pitch meeting. No, but I should really you, do you that. Really, <laughs> when this is done, when we're done, you need to immediately watch it because I it will. will it, Just remind like, me, please. It really I... sums up mm-hmm. the Barbie section of it because I haven't seen Oppenheimer, but the Barbie right. section of it, like completely sums up this conversation. Yeah. Where it's just like there's a point in it. I don't really want to ruin it, but. Well, there, yeah. I think it's the same thing. There's basically a, a for, for me there was a point in it where my my eyes were literally attached to the ceiling. They they could not roll any higher. Mm-hmm. Um, I I I I couldn't believe that they were actually doing it. I was like, please get off this soapbox. But the yeah. thing that that was the most frustrating to me, I think, was the fact that they didn't even adhere to their own principles, because what they were pushing for or what they seemed like they were pushing for was some kind of level of equality, right? That's what I thought they were trying to mm-hmm. get at. And, like, patriarchy, bad, but, you know, equality is what we should be going for. But instead, they weren't really doing that. They kind of, like, abandoned that at the end. Here's my work on this. So, at one point, at the beginning, you saw Ken kind of leaving the home, right? I, I'm not getting into any, like, real spoilers. These are just, like, little tiny pin sections. Mm-hmm. Um, but you saw him leaving the Barbie's dream home sad, right? Mm-hmm. Later on, um, you see Barbie say, but this is my house. And then he's like, yeah, well, how does it feel? 
Because it's like, yeah, where have all the Kens been? You know what I mean? So it was kind of like, when it was all about you, it was fine. But now that you see that how I had to be, or all, all the Kens were treated, a little different. At the end of the movie, they, first of all, go to stereotyping men and th- saying that that's okay. Because they stereotyped men like crazy, like literally the end to get the advantage on the men. They stereotyped mm-hmm. them and did a whole bunch of things that played to those stereotypes. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were preaching stereotypes were bad before for women. So that was a double standard. And then whenever the end is coming around, they're talking about, can we have representation on the courts? The Kens. And they were like, the president of Barbie Land was like, no, you can't. Maybe you can uh, you know, have a low-level judgeship but that's about it you, you can't have representation yeah yeah they went from like, like yeah uh, yeah that's not the point of the movie is it because i was like yeah, they just abandoned yeah. their own principles that was the whole that was the thing that really got me was the whole idea of like you know I we might be getting into spoiler territory here so just take it with a grain of salt if you haven't seen the movie but it goes it, it swings yep. you know from Barbie land, obviously in control by all the Barbies. Right. Kens are basically, you know, the the you know the handbags of the ladies, right? right. And then they go away, and then the, the Barbies continue to have their fun, right? Mm-hmm. The Kens do their thing, and the patriarchy take you know comes and all this stuff, right? So then it's kind of a flop where like the Kens are doing their thing, and the Barbies are kind of the handbags, right? So then when they have this big thing where they're trying to kind of right the ship. They just take it back to where it was before, which is like the bar. They want to take it back to where the Barbies are back, basically in charge, and the Kens are handbags again. When they should be, from this whole conversation, going, no, no, we should be equal. Exactly. Right. Not that women should be better. Like, and that's where I think it got fucked up is because you went from it was trying to be a girl power moment, and I get that, but the message that they were clearly trying to say is that. The message that they wanted to say was women should be treated equal with men, but the way they came about that message and what the movie ended with, before the whole verbal diarrhea dialogue, mm-hmm. you know, that, that tried to fix the mess that yeah, they had made God. with their movie, was that, no, no, women are better than men. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, but how is that any different? How is that any different like, than men being better than women? The, the fact exactly. of the matter is, it should be that everyone is treated equally regardless of race, religion, sex, skin color, whatever. And you're you're treated based on the merit of what you bring to society as your right. person. Your profession, your education, what you can do for the world dictates how you get paid and what jobs you can get. Not like, well, we're going to hire him because he's a dude. Yeah. We're going to hire her because she's a girl. Like pick yeah. the people that best fit the role and 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 they tried to preach that message but the final product i don't think lived up to what the message they were trying to say does that make yeah, sense i think i think yeah absolutely no that was exactly what happened and i think you know so there's a double standard for almost everything that they did which i just i just didn't appreciate because i'm like hey like let's especially with like children and like this is an impressionable movie like maybe we should actually impart some wisdom in here and instead it just wasn't it was just like way too much girl power screw the patriarchy basically bring on the matriarchy and you know because it was supposed to be just as you said just a super quick summary inside barbie world matriarchy 
And then inside the real world, it was perceived as full-on patriarchy, which is also a joke. And then in the whenever they went back to Barbie world, it was supposed to have been more of an equality, what life should be in the real world kind of thing, kind of riding the ship there. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, they just didn't hit the mark at all. And basically it went back to the way it was and nothing was learned. So it wasn't great. And also I didn't even get what they were doing because the, whenever they talked about Mattel, right? Will Ferrell's point in this movie is dumb. Basically is Will Ferrell actually felt bad for him. Cause it was like, clearly they didn't give him any direction. It was just like, Will Ferrell, we want you to just be Will Ferrell. And he was probably like, well, what am I supposed to do? And he's like, I don't know, just be Will Ferrell. So he just did, like, all those little freak-out, like, super-exaggerated reaction things. Like, the point of him as a character was really stupid. But they were talking about how, like, there's no representation on the boardroom or anything like that in Mattel for, for women. It basically companies using Mattel as a um, as a stand-in for companies in general. Mm-hmm. And I'm I went and looked afterwards, and Mattel... Its longest-running CEO was the creator of Barbie, who ran for 30 years, and it's had multiple female CEOs, which they did kind of point out, but super briefly. Literally, they tried to pass it over. And then also, the majority of people on the board today are women. So I'm like, what is... what? Are the, it's literally like they were trying to skew reality to fit their narrative, and I didn't appreciate that at all. You can still bring in a sense of patriarchy existing without skewing it to an absolute extreme that does not exist. Do you know what I mean? So for movies like that, that especially marketed to children, I'm like, please, let's be a little bit more realistic with it. But um, anyways, that's the Barbie review. Mm -hmm. Um, Overall, just the Ken stuff was so funny, I still would give it a C, uh, just because that Ken stuff was crazy funny. I I mean, I give it like a, a low B, because I, think, I could see it. I, I, could I see think that. where it was good, it was great. And I think where it missed, I, I think they really could have fixed it. I just think they were too engrossed in the, in this message they were trying to yes, I beat me over the head with. That they yeah. just they just dove into this like stupidity that was just like, oh god, like I yeah, can't bro. Everything like, on the outside world made literally no sense. And I was like, well, I wish we were just... Point, in, yeah, the there's like the side. point where where, you know... And this is a spoiler, so sorry. Wait thirty seconds, but you know when when Ken discovers patriarchy, right? Yeah. And then like it, it's not even like five minutes later. It's basically said in the movie, mm-hmm. like that's not good. Yeah, like, it's not good. But he's like, dude, this is so cool. Like, why aren't the why are the men running? And he's like, look, walking through the streets, and people are like waving at him and nodding at him, right? And he's seeing mm-hmm. all these dudes high fiving and stuff, and he's like. He's like, uh, people know who they like respected me. They they noticed me. They greeted me, right? Mm-hmm. But it, we were immediately told by other people in the movie that 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 it was that was terrible. So like within five minutes of the the concept being introduced, we knew it was bad, right? Right. We just wanted it was just more about watching what someone who didn't know any better, who yeah. had been basically oppressed, mm-hmm. right did with this newfound information thinking that's how it was was in the real world right Right. going back and then corrupting this society with that terrible idea that had already done that in our real world and been you know quote unquote for the most part overturned still definitely rectified to a large 
large degree, but nowhere near perfect. Let's just no, be honest, definitely right? Not but near it's perfect. not. It's not On what it either was. Side, but yeah, it's not what it was. But it's not where it's not. It's not what it was. But it's not where it could be, right? So yeah. there's obviously always room for improvement with all that stuff. Um, but to seeing how that can affect, like, and basically, like, you're looking at like an indigenous an indigenous society that has no yeah. outside contact, isolated from society, and bringing in like a terrible notion and how fast that can spread and change the course of that society, right? So it was right. also like kind of like a colonization thing, right? Where it was yeah, like oh, colonization bad, right? Like, so anyway, yeah, I just ugh, it was like all over the map, but but where, but yeah, when he like wandered out with the freaking the you know the um the uh the the mink like coat with the with the fanny pack with his name <laughs> on it and the leather pants and like the the horse chain and like the head bandana i was just like yes this guy is like hilarious like yeah, everything so about funny. him is funny so yeah yeah and that that's that's the i think they they really nailed the funny part of like the idea of the patriarchy, right? Like they yeah. did that in such a funny way that, like, in a way that obviously, like, does not condone it. Yeah. But it makes it makes fun of it, really. And so, like, the audience is along for the ride because we're laughing at it. Yeah. It, how stupid it, it, it is. To right. That, but then it just goes extreme, to yeah. a crazy degree. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's it's it was just different but yeah it's worth seeing it's just yeah there's just problems with it that definitely if they just would have spent some more time on they could have rectified but um yeah anyways yeah. is what it is let's go ahead and move on to the next one Oppenheimer. here Oppenheimer you didn't see it I did I did not um great great movie fantastic I really loved it um there was a lot of people that said it was a little bit confusing with the way that they kind of shot it and I understand what they're saying. Um, like, it was definitely very choppy. But at the same time, it was definitely, like, that was the only way they could do it in order to give off some specific reveals. Um, which... And that's how Christopher Nolan likes to run. So That is like, very true. But, like, it was really good for, like, if, especially if you don't know the history behind it. Like, because it is a pretty crazy story. So, like, the reveals, I feel like, are, are very dramatic because of that style. Mm-hmm. Um, of storytelling, so I really liked it personally. I could see why some people thought it was a little more confusing than it needed to be, but but yeah, um, really worked for me. I gave, I agree with with Rotten Tomatoes on this one. Like this one was ninety five percent or so. Like very 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 good movie. Nice. Um, Haunted Mansion. I see this tomorrow. You saw it already. Mm-hmm. I did. I saw it. And it I'm was... actually very curious to see how this one goes. That was fucking awesome. Like I, I'm so glad about, to hear that. <laughs> everything. So I don't want to like set your expectations too high, but so the haunted mansion is my wife's favorite ride at Disney. Mm-hmm. I love it. We've always loved it. Like she knows everything about it. She knows every ghost, you know, that's represented oh, wow. in it, and this, that, and the other thing. Like who they are, you know. Like you know, this is the Hatbox ghost. This is Constance, the the bride, and like all you know, because there's a, a group of ghosts that are very specific in the ride that that you should that you know who they are right there i had no idea that there that that was that much lore to it yeah yeah so um like for instance the hat box ghost which you will meet in this movie he's actually only in disneyland he's not in the ride in disney world but now that the movie's released they're finally gonna bring him bring him into the disney world ride hmm. so 
because there's always differences between the two parks you know the different parks so the haunted mansion at each one like has a different facade like the outside of the mansion looks different but the ride itself is is pretty similar so anyway like there were so many callbacks to the ride that were just so well done like if you were a fan of the ride and you know the ride and you love the ride like the movie is just like dripping with easter eggs right but they're right. done in a way that is um like it's well done easter eggs it's not like beating you over the head with it but it's like oh when he goes to this part of the house that's the part of the house that this ghost is in so i knew what was going to happen and then seeing how they represented it in the movie versus the ride was really cool to see how they kind of did some of that stuff so it's it's it, and then they expanded on the lore a whole lot and all the characters like every <laughs> Tiffany Haddish and and Owen Wilson and Rosario Dawson and then Lakeith, um, the new guy, uh, like the main character guy was awesome mm. and Danny DeVito was fantastic and lo and behold Jared Leto was completely CG but still you know very Jared Leto, um, right. he did a great job. Um, you know, everybody was good. The graphics were good. The special effects were good. The the setting was good. It was believable. Like, it was crazy. It was weird. It was funny. Like, the comedy was really well done in it. Where it was funny, it was funny. Where it was needed to be kind of semi-scary, it was scary. But at the same time, I took my four and nine-year-old to it. And aside from one part, they were fine. They were completely right. fine through the whole movie. It wasn't scary enough to, to scare them. Neither one of them woke up with nightmares that night. They both loved it. They want to see it again. You know what I mean? They're ready to go back to Disney and ride the ride again and see all the stuff that they saw in the movie and the ride. You know what I mean? So for us, my wife and I are just like, this is so good. Like after seeing Barbie and like being disappointed that it didn't, it it dropped the ball in the end. It was really nice to see this one kind of carry the ball right to the goal line and be good to go. Um, So yeah, no, I was happy with that movie. Enjoyed it a lot. Very Very nice. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm glad I'm, really excited to see it it looked fantastic from the trailer so just knowing that it it actually holds up is yeah, it's just a fun right it's a fun movie it is Hell fun yeah. time it reminds me of like how you feel when you used to watch like old adventure movies right like goonies mm-hmm. and um like never ending story and like you know original indiana jones like it was just like a kind of like this fun romp enjoyable doesn't take itself super serious there's no hidden message here there's right. no I mean, I guess there's some messages like don't treat people like shit and murder them. I mean, obviously that's, you know, you don't want to do that, but um, don't be a bad person, I guess. Um, But, but there's no like beating you over the head with some kind of message. It's just about like how to, you know, getting over your grief, being a better, being as good of a person as you can be, you know, and, and don't letting, don't let things that happen in your life bring you to the point that you're just done. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of the overarching message and it's, you know, yeah, everybody does good and it's fun, so you'll enjoy yeah. it. I think. Now that that is very good to hear. I'm I'm super happy about that. So, mm-hmm. all right. Well, hopefully my my thoughts on it match up after I see it. But um, yeah, let's go ahead and move on to the next thing here. So uh, Loki trailer. Oh man, this for me, this is looking very good. Yes, very good. I. Loki was probably the last series, at least off the top of my head, that I could think of that I really, really thoroughly enjoyed from Disney. Was um, Hawkeye after Loki? 
Hawkeye? Well, you know what? I think Hawkeye was. I still like Loki better than Hawkeye, but I really liked Hawkeye. Yeah, I was just what well, I I was talking to some other people about this, and they posted this trailer, and we had been talking about how like we're completely burnt out on the MCU, like yes. like who gives a shit about any of this stuff anymore? And I, I keep saying like, there's two things on the docket that I know that I care about, and it's Loki season two and and the Agatha show. Yes. And I said it's primarily because I love the actors and I love those characters. Like, mm-hmm. I liked Loki. I like his. I like Tom Middleton. He did, he did a fantastic job as Loki. I really like the way he attacked that role. He's funny. He's serious. He does all the things right. And the same thing with um, I can't remember her name right now, but the the woman that plays you know Agatha Harkness. She's awesome. She was funny. She was quirky. I can't wait to see her show, but. But yeah, yeah, this one looks looks good. So they were like, I don't even really care about this. I'm like, this is actually one that I do care about. Oh my and God, I, I yes. thought the trailer looked really good. I loved seeing them bring... Um, oh, I can't remember his name. Uh, the guy from... Um, uh, Hero. No, that's not who it is. It's the guy from um, uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once that was oh. Data in Indiana Jones. It's not the guy oh, from... Yeah, it, yeah, that's yeah, who yeah, it yeah. is. It's, okay. it's, the, it's that guy. So um, I was like stoked short, to see him short pop round, in, right? Yeah, short round from Temple of Doom, yeah. um, and then he was the guy, the main male character in, in everything, um, everywhere all at once. everything everywhere all at once. Yeah. So yeah, I was pretty stoked to see him pop up. He was funny. Um, glad that is it. That's Owen Wilson, right? So glad yeah, Owen Wilson. that whatever timeline they're in, he's still there, right? Yes. Um, it looks like there's going to be some shenanigans. We see Sylvie. Um, so yeah, it looks it looks interesting. Um, and it's obviously, you know, Kang. I, we saw Kang a couple times in there, right? Um, mm-hmm. jo- was Jonathan Majors is the actor, right? Isn't yeah. his name? Yeah, so he's in there a little bit. They showed him a couple times. So we'll see how that plays out. But um, I'm stoked. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, for me, like, my big thing is one of the reasons why I like this one specifically is because it had its own style. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it felt very removed from the MCU. Mm-hmm. Um, which I liked. It just, it kind of literally felt like it was kind of in its own bubble because it, it was. It was dealing with this, you know, new um, system. The the what was the what is it called? The time variant. The time authority. Time authority. Yeah, dealing with the time authority, and so like it felt like a very, you know, you got like a a version of Loki that was um, emasculated essentially, right? So he was very powered down relative to, you know, other other things there. Um, so it felt, I don't know, it felt very good and fresh. And this is just, I'm very glad to see that it is more of the same. He's back with working with Owen Wilson because that, that the chemistry between them as a partnership was palpable, you know, like I think everyone mm-hmm. really liked that dynamic that they had. Yeah, they were great. So, yeah. So and seeing, it looks like this time he's not going to be, you know, as neutered, right? So he's, yeah. it seems like he's got his... They show him doing the multiply thing where there's multiple copies of him. They show him throwing his, like, green energy bolts and stuff. So they Mm -hmm. show Sylvie with her sword, you know, creating a sword out of thin air. So it looks like they're kind of back, you know, at their juice. But we did also see him with the collar on in in one cut of it. So, you know, he's obviously jumping around time. But, yeah, it looks... Thing. I think the thing is about it for me was I thought WandaVision, when they came out, started out well. But yeah, it kind of yeah. lost its style yep. at a point, whereas this one had that style and was able to maintain it all the way through. 
Exactly. You That's know? the thing is that the, the the shows that have their own unique styles, I think I enjoy a lot more. But and and just as you said. Um, with WandaVision, like it, it kind of abandoned that style at the end, and mm-hmm. the, you know the narrative got really kind of, blah. but yeah. you know this one kept it, and I just love that we're going to get more of it for season two. With WandaVision, we can't really get that. So um, with season two, we get to see everything here that that is was good that we mm-hmm. liked, and it's just more of it, and it's just yeah. kind of this time hoppy, um, you know, buddy yep. cop movie basically. Yeah, so, which I'm I'm here for. Yeah. yeah. So, anyways, super pumped for that. Um, hopefully, it is good and holds up. Next thing here, Twisted Metal. Um, it's it's out on Peacock now, correct? Yeah, yeah. Did you see it? I haven't had a chance to watch it yet, but even my wife wants to watch it, so I'm gonna watch it this week. I think. Um, I've heard really good things about it. Actually, it's the critics didn't hit it, but it's got like a ninety something percent uh, viewer score on Rotten Tomatoes right now, mm-hmm. which is crazy. Yeah. For me, Anthony Mackie is just so boring. I like he's so boring. So for me, I I was not even close to touching this um, before. I did see that it got good reviews, so I think I may try an episode of it. But man, like I really hope that the rest of the, the I'd probably really give it too. Well, everyone else that's in it is really good. The thing is, is that like. I feel the same way. Like, I'm not really a fan of him. Mm-hmm. But I've always seen him trying to do these, like, serious roles. Right? Mm-hmm. And when I saw him in the trailer for this sh- movie, that this show that he was kind of leaning more into, like, this kind of comedic role, it looked like it might actually suit him, you know, a little bit better, you know, than, like, the super serious, like, Falcon, you know, uh, Captain America guy. Like, I just didn't... It was he was just like overly serious for me, you know, in that mm-hmm. role. So I like I, I I think it'll be nice to see him in a completely different light. He obviously can do action, so you're getting the action side of things. But it looks like there's going to be some slapstick, there's some comedy, there's some silly, stupid shit in there. Which, in my opinion, based on what the source material is, Twisted Metal should just be stupid fun. You know what I mean? It right. shouldn't be like this super serious like post-apocalyptic last of us do you know what i mean like 2.0 it should be just stupid you know so yeah okay well, well hopefully we'll talk about know, it next week that is the case yeah we'll, we'll <laughs> both give it a shot and see how it goes um next big thing here one piece the live action uh movie of one piece is coming mm-hmm. to netflix the trailer was just recently released um and it looks surprisingly good for what it can be i that's how i would say it so like looks like the best live action anime i've seen so far outside of alita battle angel um i know i still gotta see that i haven't seen that oh my god you haven't seen well yeah here's the thing Uh, battle angel alita was one of the first animes I ever saw. Like, I had a bootleg copy of the movie, mm-hmm. and I fucking loved that movie to, yeah. to death. So it was like, when I saw that they were making the, the the live action one, there were some things in the trailers where I was just like, oh man, I just don't know. So it was kind of like, always one of those like, yeah, I'll see it when I see it kind of thing, but I wasn't like, 
you know, going for it just because mm-hmm. of the fact that I was like, oh, they're going to ruin my childhood, you know? Like, it's the same way I feel about the Akira movie, if it ever shows up, is it's like, you got some big-ass shoes to fill making an Akira movie. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, Yeah, I do, but here you will be pleasantly surprised. You're not going to get everything you want, but you're going to be pleasantly surprised. That's, that's kind of what I heard, is it's yeah. like, it, it hits better than, like, Dragon Ball, the live-action oh, movie. Did. I mean... Or that is hard. The last Airbender. Yeah, that is well, also I mean, incomparable. But, and Death Note. Terrible. I mean, you have to compare it, right? So, but you know that that isn't even close to the same. Like this is a movie that put in shit tons of money into yeah, making no, it look yeah, amazing. Yeah. Like those other ones are the shittiest versions <laughs> that you could ever imagine. Well, the last the Airbender movie. one had a had a pretty good budget. It did have I mean, a, that was it did have M-Night. a budget. Yeah. But that one is a joke for a reason. Like yeah. it is memed for a reason. It was terrible. Yeah. Yeah. But um, but yeah, regardless. this one I think looks really good. It, it looks like they've they've gone far enough with the like whimsy side of One Piece, mm-hmm. but enough of it is like looks like it's practical effects with practical sets that it looks like it could be a lot of fun. Do you know what I mean? I think it's gonna be just just skirting it just enough. You know, that it doesn't get to the point where you're just like, well, why didn't I just watch the anime? Right? Like, that's where I get yeah. to the point is like, I want to see it in a way that I don't go, well, why don't I just watch the anime? Yeah, I just like feel Cowboy like Bebop. For, for this, um, it just, it was a weird move to do One Piece, I feel like, just because One Piece is such an anime. Like, characters look incredibly weird sizes mm. are absurdly off from character to character. I mm-hmm. mean, you have people commonly and animals the size of, you know, gigantic buildings, you know? Yeah. It just doesn't make any sense. So, and the the moves that they do are, I mean, absolutely crazy. So, I it just seems like they really put themselves on like they started the game on super hard basically you know i I feel like it would have been much better to dedicate this kind of budget to something that is still crazy good you know big three anime like naruto i think would be probably the better option you know one one, you know what one that would would translate really good to live action i think would be trigon yeah trigon would be good Trigon, i think you could pull it off because it's there's not enough like super weird shit that you couldn't get past it. It's like mm-hmm. mostly like a weird sci-fi western, yeah. you know. And there's enough stuff in there that you could that you would be able to. I think I think that one could be pulled off pretty well. But I also would say the same thing about Cowboy Bebop, and I never saw it because I I just heard it wasn't great. But mm-hmm. apparently that didn't. Well, hit that the was yeah, either, that was so. trash. But but that's the thing. I think like this is the first time they've actually taken a very. I think like what they did there was like let's take a pretty good shot at it with with cowboy bebop Mm -hmm. and then they were like all right this failed and they were like we need to do this and so they're like let's take a very serious shot at this and also this is this is going for you know one of the big three so like this is pretty crazy that they went for one piece well i also think that they i also think that they probably looked at what did and what didn't work with cowboy bebop because i know there were things about cowboy bebop that did work because i heard people talking about well this worked and this didn't so hopefully they took a good hard look at what resonated and what didn't and and are taking that into consideration with this one because if they keep doing that 
they're going to get to the point where it works, right? Yeah. It's just a matter of how do they, how long does it take them to get there, and are people just not going to bother watching it because it's been too long? So yeah, and, and it's yeah. just so just refocusing on this and not thinking about you know what where they could have maybe done better if they went with a different anime. Mm-hmm. So just focusing in on this one, there is so I think a lot of it like I'm very impressed with a lot of the CGI on it. Like mm-hmm. for instance, one of his moves, um, the gum gum cannon, like that looked pretty good you know for what it is it's a really hard cgi effect to to pull Mm -hmm. off and make it look realistic i think they did as good of a job as you can do um but there was other things like the the characters which i mentioned like the bad guys like one of them looks really bad (laughs) and it's just because that would be a really hard bad guy to nail now i do think there's a few things they could have done are you talking about shark tooth nose guy yep yep there's a few I things that they could have done right off the bat just to make it better there, but they didn't do that, and I don't know why. But on top of that, it just he does not look right. And and let me tell you, compared to other characters in One Piece, that's easy. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, I don't know where they're going to go with that. But, um, you know, one thing I think that I've heard everyone kind of say is that um, Luffy is, is casted very well. He has that same kind of attitude, and mm-hmm. um, I can kind of agree with that. Like, I think it's it's up there. Like, I, I think for the most part, that's that's good at least. But yeah, it, we'll just have to see. But I was definitely more surprised in a good way than than in a bad way. Yes, that that would be my statement as well. Yeah. So, anyways, let's go ahead and move on to the next thing here: Castlevania Nocturne trailer. Oh yeah. So finally, we're getting another Castlevania anime. And um, this is one is... Rick, it's Richter, right? Yeah, Richter yeah, Belmont. this one's Richter. Um, so this one's Richter Belmont. So this is, you know, prequel by a good bit. The um, DS, the, this, the, from the DS games. Yeah. And so this one could be super cool. Once again, a you know, beloved uh, character in the franchise. Um, same animation. I was really happy to see this. Oh, my God. Um, same animation studio. Thank God. So uh, that is looking good. Um, a lot of the same people that worked on the on mm-hmm. the previous one still in this one, but yeah, for sure. Um, you know, Project Fifty One Powerhouse Animation, like they're gonna be crushing it. I literally yeah. checked to make sure that was the same company because mm-hmm. they did such a good job with Castlevania. Yeah, so. I heard a lot of people. I saw a lot of comments being like. We're one step co- closer to Alucard, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, and I think that everyone's just like dying for that to happen. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if I mean, if they just if the trajectory holds true, then yeah, we we're we're getting there. So yeah. Um, so we um yeah, this looks really good. Just you know, right off the bat, uh, I'm sure it will hold up. I have full confidence in this. They did an incredible job. So yeah, just if you haven't. If you're interested in watching this, make sure you you watch the other one just because it's yeah. that good. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, definitely only good things to say here. Um, next thing here, Secret Invasion. I Did have, you watch this whole thing? No, I have not watched one episode. Okay. What do you guys so, say about it? All right. Well, I didn't watch the whole thing, and I'll tell you why. Okay. Um, and I will because mm-hmm. I've been having conversations with people about it, and I, I, I am definitely deep in the MCU burnout phase like Same, yeah. the last couple things I have watched were not good yeah. in even the most remote way like I, I am a firm believer that anyone 
that would argue that they are as good as anything in phase two or even phase one mm-hmm. is high as a damn kite because they've really lost that um in my opinion everything is just a setup for the next thing at this point because they have no idea what the hell they're doing whereas before what made the mcu i think so special to begin with was it was these individual stories that could stand all by themselves they didn't need to be connected but they were connected and that's why they worked so well Mm -hmm. and then they eventually led to this big thing and then it got more and more interconnected, interwoven, and they hit this big bad that was so bad that, like, how the hell do you come up with the next thing with Thanos? And with comic books, they just reset the world, and you can fight Thanos again in a different way. But they not they can't do that here. It doesn't really work like that in the, in the movie world. You know, just to have Thanos again fought by the Avengers with different people playing everybody, nobody's going to buy that, right? Nobody's going to go right. see that. So the stakes that they're setting at this point don't make a lot of sense and and I watched the first episode of this and I gotta say I was very unimpressed um to the point that I there was some stuff that happened in this in this show and and I know you would say the same thing because this is something that you say all the time where I'm going it makes no sense for that character to do that yeah. ever you only did that because you needed that plot exactly, device exactly yeah Otherwise, never in a million years would that have occurred. That person is way too smart for that to happen. Yeah, and Marvel you know reeks I mean? of doing that all yeah. the time. And then, and then they basically, at the end of it, make, make this power spike that's so great that there's literally, unless they come up with some bullshit you know, red herring, is almost impossible for them to recover from, mm. right? Um so yeah it's just it's really weird i i've talked to some people you know because i don't care about spoilers because i already think it's not that great and basically what it sounds like from the people that i've talked to is is really a case of would have been a thousand times better as a two-hour movie as opposed to a you know five hours of tv shows do you know what i mean like everyone like one of my friends that's really liked it was basically saying you're probably in a better spot because you haven't seen it that you can just sit and binge the whole thing because it's going to be better watched in a shot. And I'm like, well, then it's a failure because then it should have just been a movie. Exactly. You know what I mean? That That's not what serialized television is for. So. Well, that's the problem. Anyway, they keep they keep putting things that, that should be before. shows. The, things that should be shows, they keep making them movies. And they keep making things that should be movies into shows. They're just mm-hmm. not picking and choosing their battles correctly. Yeah. And at this point, with, with their, especially after... The horrific movie that was Ant Man and, and Wasp. Um, I still haven't seen that one. I don't. Um, That's what the, the overarching census is. Yeah. Uh, after that, I mean, their their bad guy is is just basically non-existent. Like he's not a threat at all. I don't care what they do or teased him to do later on. Like it's such a joke of a character now. And yeah, now, well, I mean, and you've got a bigger bad. Now you've got a new big bad in this Marvel's movie, right? That supposedly mm-hmm. is this like world destroying power, right? Right. So it's just like, so now does, it feels like who, who's the, the bad guy? Exactly. Like, it feels like now there's a hat on a hat, and it feels like they don't know what they're doing because their concentration seems off. And you're also getting to the point now where, I mean, Jonathan, the whole thing happened with Jonathan Majors. I don't know. What ended up happening with that? I think it was cleared of stuff, but I think he still lost his job with 
Disney, I don't know what's going on, but just like it's so absolutely chaotic over there, and I don't think that they know what they're doing anymore. Yeah, I so, think the big problem is, from what I can see, is that they don't know where to set the power level. Yeah. Because the characters that they have, Captain Marvel is still a big problem. She's a huge problem. Yeah, her counter then, is making her unavailable. Right, and the other problem is, from what I understand, the way Secret Invasion ended is they basically made a character on almost the same power scale, where she is just broken AF mm-hmm. um, from a power standpoint, and how the hell does that exist, and now anything matters? Do you know what right. I mean? Like, right. So... Whatever, I, I think they need to. They, they, they really need to sit down and figure out where they're going because it feels like, you know, like the fi- like the last four seasons of Lost versus the first two, you know, where like they have they're just like they're just writing to keep writing because it's making paychecks. Do you know what I mean? And they're just like, oh, as long as we turn something out every few months, we're gonna make a bunch of money. Um, so yeah, I almost want a a, re- a restart button or I don't know something just to bring us back to. Right mm-hmm. after Thanos, and just be like, let's just do this again with the knowledge of what we had that failed. Yeah. Um, but anyways, let's go ahead and keep moving on. Um, we're in the news section now. This one's a sad one. Pee Wee Herman, he he passed away. Um, that was super unfortunate. I actually um, saw he he had a movie. Um, I I don't really know much about him other than the movie that mm-hmm. I saw Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Best movie ever. Um, yeah, I saw. Do you that know one that's a? Do you know that's a? That's a Tim Burton movie. Actually, I, I found that out today because my <laughs> so dad and I were talking about it. Yeah, my dad and I were talking about it, and because uh, he, he showed it to me, um, and yeah, he told me all that all that stuff about it, and I remembered it. We're we're actually planning on watching it in the next couple of days again, but um, yeah, it's. Uh, it's a bummer. I remember, yeah, I remember it being pretty a... good, but yeah, he is he's Gonzo's now, unfortunately. Yeah, he was having, apparently he's been battling cancer for like the last five or six years and just nobody knew because he was keeping it very private. And right. um, and, and he's he, also just kind of been out of the yeah. spotlight, yeah. Well, he's been he's been here and there. He's actually, um, <laughs> he's actually from where I live right now. He, uh, my, my wife at the salon she used to work at mm-hmm. is where his mother would get her hair done and he would bring her in. And oh, he would wow. just sit at the lobby, just chilling out with a hat on. Nobody even knew who he. No one recognized him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, and he would just, you know, every couple of weeks he'd bring his mom to get her hair done. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it was just like he was here in town. Um, so that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, I, was, I also uh, really liked him in uh, Mystery Men. Did you see that movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought he was good yeah. in that too. So yeah, good, yeah. good couple of movies. Um, well, I watched him on his TV show when I was a kid. You know what I mean? Like Pee Wee's oh, um, Playhouse. Show? Yeah, yeah. Pee Wee's Playhouse is where he came from. He had a TV show where Pee Wee oh, Herman okay. was the character. Um, and then it was like, imagine like Mr. Rogers, but he Pee Wee Herman's the host. Absolutely That's bonkers, strange. right? Yeah. Yeah, like Lawrence Fishburne <laughs> was a character in it. He was a freaking cowboy. Like, what it was weird, man. man. Yeah, it was weird. Um, it was hilarious and it was awesome. And... Um, you know, and then and then that character was so popular. That's where the movies kind of came from. Mm-hmm. But that was like his persona, like to the point where people didn't even know. Oh, Paul Rubin. They were like, Oh no, it's Pee Wee Herman. Like right. everybody just knew him as Pee Wee. So yeah, it's right. a bummer. Rip, dude. Yeah. Gonna be watching those movies with the kids this weekend, probably. Oh, there you go. 
Mm-hmm. Um, all right, well, moving on to the to the next thing here. So, Twitter becomes X. <laughs> this was an interesting move. Um, I am a fan of Elon Musk. You know, take it or leave it. Uh, there are definitely some things that he has done that I'm like, what? <laughs> Especially in recent times, but. Uh, he's also done some things in the past uh, that I've I've been a fan of, but um, yeah, I would say that I'm like I'm a fan of him overall, but I'm definitely critical of the things that he does as well. And this is another one of the moves where I'm like, what are you doing, dude? Um, so first of all, with it, like you know, he he changed Twitter um, to X. He's basically slowly going to be converting it over, but all of the official title work has been completed, to my understanding. Um, why he did this, no one really knows. Well, he just loves the letter X. I mean, space X. Yeah, but I mean, like, the there's nothing. Tra- I mean, there's like, nothing better to it than that. Like, you would think that there would have to be something because, like, you're changing an iconic name. I mean, do you know how hard it is to have a piece of tech where you say the name and everyone knows what it is? Like, oh yeah, no, it's for sure, crazy. I, there was you're, you're I read really a yeah. guy. Well, I read an article, um, and even Jack Dorsey weighed in. And he goes, like, he's like, I get it. Like, there's baggage with that name, whether it's baggage you want or baggage you don't want, recognition that you want, recognition you don't want. You know, Elon is trying to change the, you know, the views over there, and and it's it's kind of, in my opinion, starting to revert back to the shitty times, right? Where it's like there's a lot of hatred and stuff on there again, but. Um, you know, he's trying to be this champion for free speech and truth and, and all this stuff. Um, so I think he wants to get rid of the baggage of, of the Twitter of the past so he can forge. This is my version of Twitter. So you can either take it or you can get the fuck out. Right. You know which, what I mean? Which, I think if that's I'm being why honest, he's done it. Which, if I'm being honest, seems not only unnecessary but very egotistical. So, Oh, well, I mean, which, I mean what makes you think that it, Elon Musk... Yeah, he's, he's a bit one of, of the an biggest, egomaniac. Yeah, I know. I, I think he, if you put him and Trump in a room, their egos would fight. And, <laughs> and they'd probably be a stalemate because both of them have huge egos. Like, uh, no, the problem uh, let's, is... Let's be, no one has an ego like Trump does. I, I, don't, I, I don't know, man. I think do Elon Musk is closing in on it, dude. I, mean, I do not. But regardless, not regardless, because I don't want to like lose all of the people who listen to us. But, fair, fair, fair. but I think the thing about Elon is I think he also has been known... He may, He's made some great decisions. He's made some not-so-great decisions. But yeah. he's always kind of made emotional choices. Yes. So yeah. there is a thing where it is known that he, he's owned X.com for a long time. It mm-hmm. actually got sold with something that he had attached it to something he did. And when he sold that company, the, the domain name went with it, and he recently was able to get it back from the people he sold it to, which I think is what kind of jump-started this whole change for him. Is that like, hey, I got X.com back, so now I want to do something with it. Do you know what I mean? Why not do this? But um, yeah, like at the end of the day, though, still weird, still, an, as you said, an emotional decision. Doesn't make a lot of sense, but yeah, is, is what it is kind of thing. Yeah, you're going to go Zeet now. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> X E E T, and that's the thing. It's like, like you're still carrying that baggage. Like, why are you trying to say tweet with an X now? Why don't you come exactly. up with a completely new word for it? The problem is, is that everyone's basically, well, I'm still calling it Twitter, and I'm still calling it tweeting, and 
you know, it, it's it's there's there's so much there. But but his biggest competition would be Threads, right? Yeah. And but they've announced like already half the people that signed up to it are gone. Like they're not active at all in any way, shape, or form. They're not right. reading. They're not posting. They're not doing anything. So. You know they're starting to talk about how it's an it's a really good example of launching before you should, mm-hmm. right? Is that there wasn't enough functionality there, but I also think it's it's kind of the same thing with all social media platforms now. Is like people go, they check it out. Maybe it sticks, maybe it doesn't. Do you know what I mean? If they've yeah. got five million users or ten million users or fifty million users, it doesn't mean it's dead. It just means it's still grow. It could still grow, but. Yeah, yeah, this is a weird one, but, you know, hey, maybe it'll work out. That's the thing. It's just one of those things where very few tech companies have value to their name like like these do, like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Like, those are things that everyone knows when you say that. And, like, it is just baffling to me. I don't care who you are, what you're trying to change. Like, people won't forget that they were connected. People yeah. will just be confused of what you're trying to do. Like, it's just muddying the water unnecessarily. No. So, regardless, you know, we'll see what happens with it. But I think it's one of the sillier decisions he's ever made. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, let's go ahead and move on to the next thing here. Chainsaw Man creator wants to stop drawing, just wants to write. No surprise here, honestly. Drawing for a manga, especially with their schedule, sucks. So this is mm-hmm. not super surprising. What What do you think about this? Yeah, I mean, I get it. I think it, he he kind of just wanted to like, um, really just focus on putting more energy into the story and not being bogged down with having to actually draw it as well. So I mean, yeah, it's yeah. It, you know it's pretty standard. Like, you know, you get to a point where you know, hey, an artist becomes a director, a design director, or you know what I mean, like a manager mm-hmm. or whatever, and you do a little bit less of the design, a little bit less of the art but now you're managing multiple people who are doing the art and you get your say in more projects because now you're overseeing them right so yeah it, it, it's 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 kind of like a natural growth pattern um yeah and so. it's not it's just unfortunate because like his drawing is very iconic to mm-hmm. uh chainsaw man which yeah. this doesn't affect me too much because I'm, i wasn't a huge fan of chainsaw man but um, regardless, like, you know, people do love the artists, the, the creator artists behind it whenever a big, you know, new hit anime comes out. So seeing him step away from that, that is sad. But yeah, it is just, you have no idea what cruel and unusual punishment is until you look at the life of of any part of anime um, from Japan. Like, it's it's crazy, the, the stuff that they have to go through there. And the slim budgets, terrible pay and ridiculous timelines so yeah i don't blame him at all for for wanting to step back and just go to a story but um yep so that's that you know we'll, we'll keep an eye on it see what happens um but yeah moving on to the next thing here um oh <laughs> i didn't even realize that you put this one on here holy grail pop vinyl sells for two hundred and ten thousand dollars Mm-hmm. And so that is a Holy Grail Funko Pop. Yeah, that, so it's that it's is for called, the Willy Wonka two pack, right? Yes. So okay. it's Willy Wonka and Oompa Loompa. It was a San Diego Comic Con. Um, it was it was sold for two hundred ten grand. Um, 
and it was it's the guy who sold it had bought it in May of 2022 for $100,000, which everyone like freaked out that he paid that much money for it then. Mm-hmm. So, you know, now looking back at that, people are like, oh, wow, he got a good deal because he just doubled his money yeah. in in less than two years. Um, but it was it was one of the, you know, there's a hobby DB which tracks like the value of these types of, of collectibles has the first documented resale price of it at $10,000 in 2018. Wow. So from 2018 to 2023, what was that? Five years. Mm-hmm. It's, it's increased in value by $200,000. That is nuts. Yeah. So, and then here's what's even crazier. The person who bought it is a company called Grail Games. Mm-hmm. That's going to be selling uh, repackaged mystery boxes of Funko Pops. So like oh, they're going to... Wow. And this will be in one of those boxes. Smart move. So now you can join their, you know, mystery box thing and there's a chance that it will be in there. Yeah, that's actually the second you said it, I'm like, holy shit, that's actually brilliant. Because obviously they know that this new story is going to get out. Tons of people are going to sign up for it. And of course, only one person, probably after a very long time period, is going to actually end up getting it. But man, smart move. Smart move. Yeah, apparently the mystery boxes will cost $15. Wow, that's not bad at all. Good for them. Nope. All right. So, well, yeah. that's that. Crazy good. Yeah. I actually might check that out myself and subscribe to it. Um, <laughs> see, it's already At least working. get one, right? At least yeah. get one. Um, Ubisoft account deletion drama. So, yeah, this is about the new rule that they have um, for their uh, deletion policy. So, in, but this is only takes place if you haven't been playing on the account for quite some time, right? Yeah. So the thing is, is that this is not new. It's mm-hmm. always been there, and just nobody reads the EULA. So this has been there for a long time, which is why you're seeing it happen because it's been accounts have been inactive. And they're saying that like some of the accounts that got deleted have been in the 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 ruling is if they have to been inactive for two years or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but the problem that people are saying is like it's cool if you close my account, but you you're taking you're deleting the ownership of my games, yeah. right? It's like you should still have a record somewhere that says like this dude this. owns yeah. these games, even if you're going to delete my account, right? That I should at some point be able to recover said account, right? Right. Um, so it, it, it's kind of bringing back up the conversation of, like, you never really own anything you own digitally because as soon as they stop providing access to it, you no longer have it. And the EULA that you technically agreed to when you bought it says exactly that. Um, so, like, if Valve one day says, you know what, we're done with this Steam shit and just shuts it down, you have no recourse to get any of those things access to those games or your money or anything back, you know, so it's, you know, it is what it is, right? Um, right. But, so log in your Ubisoft account and reset your two-year clock, you know what I mean? Like, exactly, I guess that's yeah, I that's the big thing to do is just make sure you log in. So that's the thing is like everybody's been logging in now to make sure that their accounts are 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 dealt with i think what they're really trying to do is there's probably they probably have tons of accounts that have like a beta or a demo you know what i mean or one free game on it and they just right. this is wasting server you space, know yeah. 
yeah, da- database space. Really, it's not. It's not the size of it. It's just databases are. They're not limited, but they. The more, you know, data they have, the slower they run. So right. you know, they're just probably trying to clean up their databases of of unused data. So whatever. Yeah. Ubisoft basically came out and, and kind of said, no, 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 like calm down, guys. We're not like stealing your stuff. We're we're removing accounts that are like really truly inactive and empty. We're not like really attacking people that have stuff. You know. So, right. No, that makes sense. Yeah, well, and, and the other thing is, is they said no accounts have actually been deleted yet. It's just that some people are starting to get emails from our system telling them to log in. So the email just says, you need to log into your game in the next 30 days. Mm-hmm. Or, or or you could face permanent closure. Um, so just log into your game and you're fine. So Right. Yeah. Well... But still, drama, drama, drama. Exactly. But at least this is pointing people in, like, the right direction of, hey, you should probably go refresh your account, like you said. Mm -hmm. So, um, at least one good thing came out of it. But let's go and move on to the gaming section here. So, Diablo 4, Season 1 starts, patches, nerfs, drama, oh my. Those were your exact words here. So, Mm -hmm. I've been out of the D4 section for a little bit because I don't know if it's fixed on PlayStation yet. I should probably go back and check because I, I was having a lot of fun with it, but it just got unplayable there. Um, but so I do want to hop back in. What is what's your overall thought here? Like, what's the big issue? Well, I you know so like we talked about a little in the pre-show. I, I don't know if the issue is is as big as it's being made out to be. Like, it's a live service game. I mean, I think you said this in the pre-show was th- there's going to be bugs there's going to be patches some yeah. patches will be good some patches will be bad um season one started um it didn't start off great there was a huge nerf that that rolled through and like blew a bunch of stuff up they did some sweeping changes um they basically made everybody weaker defensively they they made people a little bit stronger offensively core offense but then reduced certain Reduced overall critical damage, reduced uh, vulnerable uh, damage, which basically people were, you would abuse that stuff to create these super OP builds. Because what is Diablo if it's not like just mowing through tons of enemies until you get to the point that you're just overwhelmed and you blow up, right? Right. So that power fantasy is something that people go there for. Like, if you think about Diablo 3 in a season you were you were clearing entire dungeons in under a minute you were moving so fast and doing so much damage right and you're speed farming these things you know 40 dungeons an hour trying to find that one perfect piece of gear and it's that dopamine rush of that golden drop of the speed that you're clearing it how many things you can clear how many golden drops you can get when you go to identify this thing i want and i think that's something that's kind of lacking in diablo 4 is that that risk reward dopamine slot machine rush that you have without it being a gotcha where every pull on that slot machine costs you money. Right. Right. Um, and there's so, so the nerfs nerfed it far harder than they, they, they say it was more than they had expected, which if you had played it, you would know, but they basically, everybody was like, and, oh, and they severely changed experience. They nerfed it into the ground. Like, you can't power level people anymore. Everything takes somewhere. So, Babel and Peace is saying, you've brought the game to a crawl when it should be getting faster. 
mm-hmm. not slower. Um, so they responded. They had a fireside chat. They addressed a lot of the things. They said, here's, you know, we're never going to do a patch like this, but again, we're going to be getting patch notes out May earlier so we can get feedback from the community on proposed changes. And they came back and said, hey, here's all the things we're going to do. And oh, by the way, the patch goes live later today. And it had been like a week. Right. They've already done a couple of patches. And then this Friday, they said, the Barbarian and Sorcerer are underperforming. We know you guys are upset. Here's all the changes we're going to do specifically to Barbarians and Sorcerers to bring them back up to par. So while there are issues like resistances are broken, some other things like that, they are making changes. They're listening to the community and they're working fast. Like they're patching shit quick. And if they're not patching it fast, they're letting us know. They're like, hey, we're going to change the way uh, gems work in a game. But we're making a fundamental change to them. We're not just going to give you a new stash tab to hide them in. We're going to change them so they don't take up any space. And you can have an unlimited stack of gems and never have to worry about them. And not wasting your inventory or anything. They're turning them into a crafting material. But hey, that won't be ready until Season 2. So they're right. saying, hey, this won't be ready till season two. This won't be ready till season three. You'll get this one this season. So give them time. Let them find their footing. It's a completely new way to run Diablo. It's a completely new way to play Diablo. It is what it is. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. So we'll, hopefully it will, will go well. I, I do have faith in them. They do seem like they're... They've definitely been more on the ball, and you know, like we talked about earlier, there's definitely some controversial things that they've made so far. But hopefully, you know, they are listening to feedback as they seem to be, and you know, those kinds of wrongs will be righted in the future. So, mm-hmm. um, next thing here, Path of Exile Two. You know, <laughs> interesting contrast to Diablo Four. This one is coming out. Obviously, it is very similar to Diablo Four and how it works. We talked about it a little bit in the pre-show. Um, but yeah, it looks really good from the trailer. Not gonna lie, like it looks mm-hmm. very similar to Diablo Four, and that's a you know not a bad thing. That's a you know a good thing. Um, and yeah, it, it kind of has you know an expansion on its systems that it already had that made it unique. And um, yeah, they definitely amped up the the, the physics and the um, animations and everything like that. So it, it's looking good. Yeah, I mean, it looks like a good successor to the 10-year project that's been Path of Exile. I mean, that game's been out for a while, and it's always been approved upon. So it'll be interesting to see this new iteration. And the thing that I'd like to see as someone who's bounced off of Path of Exile a couple of times is just, you know, like some sort of more user-friendly way to enjoy the game. Do you know what I mean? Like, some of those systems are extremely complex. Um so, I love a lot about Path of Exile, but the things that, that are a problem for me are such a huge problem that I just bounce off of it. Um, but I want to play it. Like, I want to, you know, there's these like games you're like, I want to like this, but I just can't devote the time necessary to figure out the system to actually enjoy it. That's how I feel about that game. So Right. You know. Now, that, that makes absolute sense. So, But either way, yeah, glad that it's coming. We'll definitely check it out whenever it happens. But moving on, um, Baldur's Gate 3, full release this week. I think we're all pretty excited about this one, um, especially you. I know you've been a, a huge fan of the series, but this one looks very, very good. Very, very mm-hmm. promising, I would say. 
Yeah, I don't think we need to talk too much about it this week, but I'm sure we'll talk about it next week. But uh, yeah. it comes out the third. I just pre-installed. I just installed the early access to kind of mess with it on my Steam Deck ahead of release to just kind of check out the controls and stuff so I can dive right in when it actually launches. Um, you know, when it rolls over, no, none of your early access stuff will work. So you're just going to lose everything. So, you know, be prepared for that. Um it's a new game. It's the re- it's the full release. There's a lot of changes, new storylines, all kinds of stuff. So yeah, I'm right. really looking forward to it. Um, can't wait. Yeah, gonna be very good. Um, all right, moving on to the next thing here. Divinity Original Sin still a thing? Says Larry on head. Um, this has been kind of stuck in development for quite some time, right? Well, no. So Larian is the company that made Baldur's Gate three. Um, and before they did Baldur's Gate, they had their own IP called Divinity. Um, Divinity, then it was Divinity Original Sin, then Divinity Original Sin 2, and then Divinity Divinity Original Sin 2 was so good that D&D approached them and said, hey, like we want to bring Baldur's Gate back, and you're the guys to do it. Get it, get going. Right, but wasn't there a new Divinity Original Sin that they people have been wanting? With? Yeah, people have been asking like, what's going on with Original Sin three? And they've been kind of like uh, not really talking about it because they've been so busy with Baldur's Gate. And they basically finally said like, we are going to be building a no- the next game in that series. That's our IP. We're never going to let that die. That's that's our brainchild. That's our you know our mm-hmm. you know thing that we've given to this you know strategy rpg but we needed to get past the launch and release of Baldur's gate so once that's done and we've had room to kind of decompress we will start the development of the next game in the original sin series so that's awesome people were worried that they would just now be be doing Baldur's gate 4 you know what I mean, and things right. like that. But it looks like they're gonna let Baldur's Gate three live, and they're gonna go do their their thing now um, for the next one, which is cool because maybe we get a Baldur's Gate, then we get this, and then maybe they do another D and D, you know, direct D and D game. So right, cool. good stuff. Okay, moving on to the next thing. Then we have uh, Final Fantasy fourteen. It's upcoming expansion. Um, mm-hmm. This looks pretty good from the from the trailers. Um, you have oh yeah. Of- yeah, it's kind of pirate aesthetic going on to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, two new two new DPS classes are coming with it, and mm-hmm. then it also means that the last expansion becomes part of the free version of the game. Right. Um, so the free version of the game, you can only play a certain number blood, of characters right? to a certain level, and this, that, and the other thing. But now that expansion is part of it. So, yeah, man. Yeah, all about it. And it's Looks good. And it's going to be coming to Xbox as well, right? Right. So they're finally releasing an Xbox version, and it will be cross-play with all the other versions of the game. Yeah. So they're not going to be stuck in their own sandbox. That'll um, be cool. So definitely opens it up to a lot sweet. more players. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. All right. Next big thing here. Now this is a big one. Um, this one's arguably, all you. Yeah, arguably the biggest news. Um, mm-hmm, so basically, sure. Project L is a game that uh, Riot Games has been working on for quite some time now. A while ago, they released, I think it was three, four years ago now, they released footage um, for a couple different titles that we're working on. This was the fighter version mm-hmm. that they had. Yeah, done. the 2D fighter, like Capcom, Marvel versus Capcom, kind of exactly. is what I think it looks closest to, right? Exactly. 
And, um, you know, they've done a very good job of taking games um, in specific genres and kind of looking at the top three versions or so and then making their own version of that game and, and, you know, ideally making it better, which they've had fantastic success with so far, Um, as well as a few other games dealing with, like, just basic narrative stuff um, that have also been very successful. But this is the first big news update we've had for project l in quite some time and man every single time that we get a project update from them it looks great um this time they specifically talked about um their their teams play basically you can do two people on each team if you want so 2v2 team-based fighting um where you can tag in tag out it looks so good the animations so smooth the art style absolutely astounding i mean this game i'm telling you right now this thing is going to be the new standard for fighters for competitive play like 100 percent. this have you seen the the footage of it yeah yeah no i saw it it looks great i'm just I, I just don't do the fighting games anymore but right i mean i played my fair share of street fighter or mortal kombat 2 back in the day but mm-hmm. um i just yeah i haven't been i haven't played fighters in years man i think like smash brothers uh was like the last one i really kind of tried to play you know right well yeah but yeah no it, i mean it looks fantastic and and it's it's dripping with you know league of legends lore and um, all the characters are from LOL uh, and, that, and that world. And they've done and a really I'm good job. All about seeing them bring that out. The art style looks fantastic. Yeah, and they've done a, an incredibly good job of, um, first of all, yeah, just what you said with the art style, like they have really made this art style their own. I mean, it looks, it looks incredible. Um, so I'm really happy about that. It looks unlike any of the, <clears throat> excuse me, looks unlike any of the, of the normal fighters that we're used to seeing and their respective styles. So I'm really glad that it wasn't just like a copy-paste. Um, mm. It looks very good, very clean. Super buttery smooth. I can't emphasize that enough. But also takes into account all of what makes a character unique and really implements it in a really fresh way, at least so far um, out of the characters that they've shown. Um, yeah, it looks looks just great. I can't say enough good things about this. Knowing that it's going to have 2v2 support, 2v1, everything like that is just super exciting so um very hyped for this obviously you know we'll see what happens i'll keep everyone in the loop um, as things go along but um that's about it for now let's go ahead and move on to the next thing here team fortress goes to 100 <laughs> and you're gonna have to let me know about that is it player count yeah, right? so they so they released yeah they released an update that allows the player count to go to 100 followed by a statement that where they said in the patch notes, but don't do this. So of course, what's the first thing everybody did? Everyone does it. Hundred. Yeah, people. they they hundred <laughs> people, and it is it is glitchy and crazy and hilarious and all of the chaos that you would expect it to be, and um, so yeah, it's just been funny. I, they did it because they basically wanted people to have more control over what um, you know, what they were what they could do with their servers so mm-hmm. by removing that cap um they've given you like oh you could do a you know 40 on 40 or whatever do you know what i mean so um yeah it's just interesting to see um 
a game that old get an update that fundamentally changes it and the player count went like through the roof of course because everyone's like oh i gotta check out this crazy shit yeah um so team futures team fortress still got it (laughs) Um, i can't believe there's still people playing that like that game is old yeah i know very old i am Um, surprised but is what it is yeah um well next big thing here uh, two classic Zelda games dropped um, onto uh, Switch Online. So mm-hmm. we have Game Boy Color Classic, Oracle of Ages, and Seasons. Yep. They just came out, which is great. It's not. Uh, it's not a like remake, right? No, it's 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 it's, it's part of the um, Game Boy uh, slash Game Boy right. Advance just ripped from the Game Boy Color, yeah, yeah. put onto yep. the console, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which, which is awesome. I, yeah, I love great. that part of the system. Um, yeah. The Game Boy. I can't wait for uh, Golden Sun to hit for the Game Boy Advance. It might have already. I haven't really been paying attention, but this yeah. is one that I'll probably boot up my Switch to play. Even though I can play it on the Steam Deck, I just you know there's something it's about there. playing it's it. On opt- it's optimized. Yeah, it's, exactly. You know they've tested it, so yeah. Yeah. So this is looking really good here. Obviously, anytime we get any kind of Zelda game or, or classic Nintendo game for that matter, um, just amazing. So. Yeah, a lot of people consider these to be of the of the best of yeah. the Zelda series, you know. So um, it's good for a whole new generation of people to have access to it. Oh, yeah. you know? especially those people just you know coming off of the last Zelda high. So mm-hmm. um, yeah. Anyways, uh, really looking forward to this one. Check it out if you're at all interested in Zelda. But that pretty much wraps it up for today. Um, had a lot of stuff to go through. Really made our way after after the gaming section. So good yeah. on us. Um, but yeah, that's it for this week, guys. Thank you all very much for listening. We really appreciate it as always. Mm-hmm. Muggin, thank you for joining me as always. Thank you. Yep, and we will see you guys next week. Peace. <laughs>